Hey everybody, it's Aaron Banyan. Jason Chandler. And welcome to B&B Banter Bros Goes to the Movies. Uh, this week and we are, or Jason and I are going to be talking about uh, stand-up comedy. Uh, Tim is out sick for right now. We're uh, hoping he has a speedy recovery because Jason and I are kind of lost without him to some degree, but... Yeah, so we're True. we're manning the ship by ourselves this week, so it's going to be a little different. We'll see where it goes. And speedy recovery, that's a little too late to say that. The guy's 14 days in and getting worse. Well, I'm concerned and, and worried about Tim. I'm right trying now. not to worry sucks. the rest of the fucking audience, Jason. Yeah, oh, well. And I don't want to spread, I, like, his business around. Well, I'm just saying, it's <laughs> dire. Shit's dire. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> pretty sick. So we're we're yeah, both I, really hoping he makes a speedy recovery and gets better. Yeah. So sure. any you know, cliche to say, it, but thoughts and prayers, I guess, would be appreciated. So yes, yes. All right. Yeah. So and we are going to talk comedy tonight. Um, stand-up comedy, sitcoms, and comedy movies, or whatever, what have you. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't. Fuck, yeah, without Tim, I don't know how to do this. Um, how, how, how do you want to start, Aaron? <laughs> well, it's, well, we'll preface this as the reason Jason and I are doing this this week is, A, because Tim was sick, and B, because Jason and I are much... Not that Tim is not a fan of stand-up comedy, but I believe Jason and I are bigger fans of stand-up comedy. We we tend to uh, that, that is kind of why That is kind of why I, I thought of this subject. Yeah. You know, we... Uh, had a moment we were like we realized we we're gonna do a, an episode without Tim and I was like fuck it let's do comedy because you and I love it much more than he does not yeah. that he doesn't but yeah he's like, got his are... likes and and stuff like that but we're we tend to be more focused on stand up uh, than than he is like he he has specials that he likes and comedians that he like but we're we have a much broader understanding or not yeah, understanding we're but like, more taste of it gung ho about it yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, so, so why don't we just start with, oh, fuck it. Let's just start with, you know, some of our favorite stand up comedians. Like, uh, we don't have to do like top tens or anything like that, but I mean, if you want to go in depth, we can talk about that. But yeah, let's just start off some of our faves. You know, give five or six and we'll kind of bounce off of that. I, I actually, um, what is your, what's your first memory of your oh, okay. um, stand-up special that you fell in love with? And, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so, I remember, because my family, somehow, I don't remember why, but we always had HBO, so, like, I had, it was easier to have access to stand-up specials back then. Yep. Um, so, I remember watching... I remember watching random ones, but the ones that always stuck out, especially that young, uh, George Carlin is probably the easiest one to pick out. How young? Um, he was probably one of the more prevalent ones around the time I was growing up, too. Uh, How young were you, do you think? Do you... Oh, well, I was single digits for sure. I probably <laughs> I was probably six or seven when I first started like catching like stuff on on HBO or something like that, and probably like between seven and nine I started to really kind of like piece together things that were funny. 
No shit. Um, okay. I probably didn't have a full grasp of everything that was being yeah, said. But yeah, like I yeah. had, there were bits and pieces, especially like Carlin had bits and pieces where he would just like, you could tell that he was pointing out something ridiculous. So like, I understood that's supposed to be funny. And so yeah. it started yeah. to form. The mannerisms. Yeah, yeah, mannerisms, his facial uh, expressions, like that started to form kind of my sense of humor, which is why I tend to lean towards comics that are, you know, overly animated, angry, you know, tend to point out the ridiculousness of, like, everyday life or certain, you know, things. Um, yeah, so Carlin's probably the first. He probably wasn't the first one I saw, but he's probably the first one I can remember. Okay. And then I just sort of yeah. built around that. And I just, anytime I saw that there was, stand, like, I would stay up and, like, watch, like, late night stand-up on HBO. I didn't yeah. really get into, like, Def Jam when I was a kid. Cause that the was, poetry shit. Yeah. yeah, like the that that style yeah. where it was like slam poetry or comedians that would come up there. The Russell Simmons, yeah. I believe. It was a blend between both for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and um. I, I didn't get too into that. Um, I'm still not per se into that, but yeah, me too. Like, I respect the poetry thing, but yeah, it wasn't entertaining, and yeah. I'm. I found a lot of people that I like and enjoy from that, but it's not because of that, you know. Right. Um, most deaf, I think, uh, hosted it or something like that. But uh, yeah, he was on it at some point. So I know that. But um, my first memory is also I didn't have uh, my you know broke ass family. I didn't have HBO capability, but my friend Nathan Hepper, he had HBO. And we'd always watch okay. that shit, and it was just like a, a, a really exciting thing for me, you know, back in the day. For and sure. Then, uh, yep. And so I, my, what we first found, my first memory of the most funniest thing I've ever seen on TV was Chris Rock. Okay. Is and then after that, like, and that's crazy because. How the fuck am I going to relate to that? I think I was 9 or 10 when I watched that yep. and I'm laughing my ass off. But how am I going to relate to his words and what he's saying and, like, his meanings? But it must have been the mannerisms and it must have been oh, just sure. his delivery. Yeah, you know, but, yep. oh, my God. I, I That Chris Rock was the reason I fell in love with stand-up comedy. And I remember uh, after we watched that special... The three of us, we all took turns, like, doing stand-up specials to each other. Oh, like, no. oh, <laughs> oh no. my God, it was terrible. And I, bom <laughs> I bombed. I was the worst one. Oh, my God. But that's how, that's the, the impact it had on us, you know? For sure. Like, it, it, it just gave us energy. And, and there's no way I knew what he was talking about because I watched that special years later and several times later. Yeah. And oh yeah, it, it just has so many fucking poignant points about racial this and that, and you know. Yep. I, but that's so I, and that's the same thing for me. Like that, all the shit Carlin was talking about, like pol politically, religiously. Like I didn't get the nuances of it, but like the right. absurdity that he spoke of it with is what caught my attention. I think when I was that young. Yes, like, exactly. It, being and able then, to pick uh, out the absurd parts of the of the whole thing and then later on coming to understand it made it better in some way, made it more memorable, I guess. Yep. Oh, my. 
God, doesn't Carlin just age well? His yeah. his uh, terminology, his he he, I caught on to him after Chris Rock, obviously, and sure. you know, catching up with uh, whatever stand up. He was the one that was remind me of a rapper. He just he is his the way he uses his words and syllable placement. And he rhymes, so he rhymes. It's like, his cadence. No other comedian, I'll tell you that. Yeah. The, it, yeah. It, oh, my God. I got a couple. I'm a hipster, so I got vinyl. And I got a couple of his albums on that shit. And oh, damn. I love I loved to sit back and listen to his shit on vinyl. I Have you ever read Carlin's books? No, but I've, I've heard they're a great read. The, the first heard. two are really good. Um the, the both oh, original okay. material. The third one is basically a lot of the other material being rehashed, so it's not as good. And that's right. unfortunately that's a lot of what happened to Carlin. Like later on, I just yes, as he got older, like say. his last couple of specials just fell flat for me because it was all shit I'd guy, already heard. The guy's a genius, but he did too much. He like. You know, you know, he just did too much, and it, For there sure. was specials where weren't there were specials that weren't good, or he was too angry or too sober, but right, it just or or it was recycled and stuff. And I hate yeah. to hate because he's a genius, but he yeah. did too much, and he, like there, he started there, to flag some, later on some, in his career. There's some shit out there from him that is not good, and that's just oh, yeah. what happens when you do too much. Oh, for sure. And I, I mean, I think that's uh, probably true of every comedian that eventually lasts too long. Well, anybody, even bands or yep. seasons of a show that do too many seasons, like yep. shit gets, shit gets uh, frail or, you know, you know, weak. Yeah, you can, eventually. Only, you can only go in the same direction for too long, for so long, and then yeah. all of a sudden it just doesn't work anymore. And the ones that can, like, change it around and, like, do something different, tend to, like, still flourish, but they're, you know, guys like Carlin who just had, like, a... I hate to say it this way, but Carlin was kind of a one-note guy. And, yeah. you know, he wasn't A lot gonna... of comedians are, or a lot of artists are. I mean, they have their... their direction, or their... their the, the way they are, and then they drive that direction. Yep. And then they hit their pinnacle... And then they just try to like revamp it or recycle it, and you know it's just, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, and that's great. But it, it it just must be hard to be on top like that, and then try to be new, you know. And you know, I, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, it, what, it really, I think it focuses. It's it comes down to the focus of your material, um, how you deliver it, and like what your material is usually about. So, I mean, Carlin can only bitch about politics, and religion for so long. I mean, it's not changing at all. So, I mean, eventually everyone's the already material, heard The material is, like, it's your angle and the way you're attacking it. Yeah. Also, is, you know, and that, I don't I I, I feel like I'm hating a little bit much, but I, I, I love him. I. Oh, yeah. What do you think about Richard Pryor? He is a, so, I. Because people always praise him, say he was the best, and, um. You know, uh, a genius in like uh, showing true self and being funny at the same time. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll admit I always found Pryor funny. Uh, yeah, 
I, I was always a fan. He was able to, like... What I admire about Pryor is that, especially after the incident with uh, when he set, set himself on fire... Fire, yeah. Um, yep. He was able to, like... Make fun of himself. Exactly. He was able to be self-deprecating. He didn't... He didn't shy away from the fact yeah. that he, you know, he abused drugs. Like everyone knew it. He didn't shy away from it. He didn't try to like downplay it at all. And he just he just incorporated it into his set. You know, he made yeah. references to he didn't do big parts of it or big pieces on it, but like he made jokes like at certain points where like, you know, you knew what he was referencing and he was able to just naturally incorporate that. So I, I really admired that about Carlin or prior, not Carlin. Um Yeah. So I mean I guess that that's probably my biggest accolade for Pryor. Like I said, I always found him funny. But yeah, some of the stuff. I mean, some of the stuff obviously fell flat for me because he was kind of before my time, and and that that's why I bring it up because as a youngin, I didn't connect with him. Right. But towards my mid twenties and thirties, I started to connect with him more because he's pretty deep and like uh yep. i don't know he's real life type of uh turmoil comedy or you don't really yeah. get it until you lived it you know so right. and, and and his movies were he got he got fucked over in the movie business i don't know if you watched any documentaries but i, I haven't no but i mean it wouldn't surprise oh, me okay either. yeah i mean You've seen Brewster's Millions or Superman yep. 3 or, like... Oh, yeah. He just did a whole bunch of white man comedies, and it kind of... Yeah. It's not what he wanted to do, and he kind of got fucked over in that sense, but... Moving was always so my he, favorite prior comedy, when it wasn't him and Gene Wilder. Like, when moving? he did movies on his... Moving was my favorite, oh, like, solo oh, Richard yeah. Pryor movie. Because I had, like, Dana Carvey and, like, Dave Thomas were, like, minor characters in there, but, like, he was just super... Randy Quaid was in it. He was super funny in that movie, um, and that's like a legit Richard Pryor movie. It's not him and Gene Wilder; it's just Richard okay. Pryor in Moving. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen Moving. You should watch huh. it sometime if you ever get a chance. It's, it's a good one. I am a fan of the See No Hear No Evil or those yeah, Gene no Wilder e movies. See I, No Evil, Hear I, No Evil I, is one of my favorites. I remember that one from growing up. Yeah. So like, I, I'm always a fan of that. Silver Street I mean, is probably their most notable one. Ooh. And, like, I don't know that one very well. I've never seen it. Um, Once again, they're all... Yeah, they're all similar. <laughs> they're all Yeah, it's, it's all direction. playing off the differences of, like, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. Like, it's all playing off of their chemistry. It's just them in different situations. And that's why it works. The chemistry is yeah. fucking amazing. Those two had really... But, yeah, the... the sorry. Uh... Well, and Tim might have told me this, but uh, what what made them so good was because, I mean, at the time, Pryor was on a lot of drugs. But yeah. Gene Wilder had trained in the, the Army as a therapist of some kind. And okay. so like, he knew how to, like, direct Pryor while he was bugging out on drugs. He knew how to keep Pryor, like, get Pryor back under control to actually make the takes wow. work. Wow. So and that's, that's huh. how they worked so well together. Is that Wilder knew how to handle him. Right. Did Did you know prior? You know how, how he grew up and it, his mother's status and shit. No, I don't know that. Like his 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 mother was a fucking prostitute. Really? Damn. Yeah, he grew up with like John's 
coming in and out, you know, as a child. Like, I don't know. I don't want to talk about prior too much, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. he, he, I didn't connect with him as a youngin', but I connected with him as I get older. And he's funny as fuck. And the more documentaries I watch, it's just like, he, I, I, I understand the praise, the comedians that I enjoy, like Bill Burr and yep. Bob Saget, give him because he, he's 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 a real life success story. Like he pulled himself out of nothing. It sounds like. Thank you. Yes, yeah. exactly. What do you what do you think about? Oh shit! What do you got a question for me before I ask another? No, I don't even know what question we were on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we uh, yeah, we got sidetracked for a moment. Um, yeah, we're we're a couple of banter bros here, right? But uh, I think yeah. Well, we were talking about our earliest experiences. Um, oh yeah, stand-up specials. But I think we covered that. Uh, Mine was Chris Rock. Yours was George Carlin. Yeah, I couldn't tell you which. Yo, baby. Couldn't tell you which Carlin. I think it was Jammin' in New York was the name of the special that I probably remember because it had the air. Yeah, it had the air. Uh, the airplane safety instruction bit, which was Jammin' in New York. I have a number of his specials memorized by certain bits he does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I, I, fuck. I have a terrible memory, so I was going to try to quote some of the fucking shit that I remember, but I can't. Some of he the, has so many specials. So he did. many. Some Over of the, like 20, I want to say. Probably close to. I think the other one that I always enjoyed, I believe it's called Back in Town, which has one of my favorite bits that he does, which is called State Prison Farms. And it's basically him laying out a plan to turn four different states into a prison, like a, a, a prison. And like each state houses a certain type of criminal. And he starts talking about how like you use it to balance the budget by putting cameras in there and like putting it on TV. And then he's like, oh, I think I got an even better idea. Gates. He's like, you put like <laughs> 18 inch gates that open once a month for like 30 seconds. And you start seeing all the alphas jockeying for position so they can get through. <laughs> And he's like, then you wait, and they're going to start crossbreeding. Oh, my God. It's one of his better bits. As far as I go, it's one of his better bits. Uh, I love that bit. I think it's hilarious every time I fucking listen to it. So, I gotta ch- That doesn't sound familiar to me. I got to check it out. Yeah, it's on um, Spotify. All this shit's on Spotify now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you can find it really quick. Fuck it. <laughs> um, uh, what do you think about Robin Williams? Uh, he's actually one that I was going to talk about because I— I actually okay. found, so I remember the last special he released, the weapons. Yeah, of that was pretty good, wasn't it? I didn't enjoy it. I for some really? reason, really, yeah. So I think that I watched uh, live the on 2012. Bro- yeah, weapons 14. of self destruction or something like that. Yes, I yes, didn't, yes. That didn't ring very well for me, and I think part of my issue was okay. in college. We watched live on Broadway so much that I just was tired of that much energy. Yeah, that's like, and that's my issue with him too is too much energy. And honestly, like I I watch specials from like in the seventies when he was still doing Mork and Mindy, and he's all coked out. And I remember those pretty are pretty fun. But yeah, like somehow when he got sober, he got more animated, and I don't know if that's him just projecting. Like, I felt like it was him over overcompensating. uh, Yeah. Yes, yes. Could have been. I mean, it certainly wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I have no proof, but it's a thought I always had. Yeah. Because, like, he thought he had to, like, do what he did before, so he, like, overdid it. Yeah. You know, it's just in my head. I don't know. 
Um, I mean, and part of that part of that is obviously like that's just the way he was in general. But like, yeah, it true, certainly seemed true. he seemed over overdone, or he just you know it could just be that his mind was firing at a you know a mile a minute, and he just couldn't or he's trying to keep up. You know, because I mean, I've had moments like that too, where all of a sudden it's like, "Hey, that's nine thoughts you've had in the past three seconds. Slow it down." Yeah, yeah, and I like to call that a manic state, but yeah, very much so. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, but I I really enjoyed it. I was surprised that I enjoyed the the weapons or whatever weapons the, of self destruction. Yeah, maybe because I wanted to enjoy it, but it's possible. I don't I don't know, but I thoroughly enjoyed. it. I'm surprised to hear that you didn't. I, for some, but yeah, maybe his something old I go back and watch again to try and see if maybe I just didn't give it a fair shake. But I mean, yeah, I think part of it was just the the guys that I hung out with in college. We watched a lot of shit like that, and it's just I think we just overdid it. And I was just like, okay, I just need you to like stop. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> when you usually watch stand up specials, yeah, you you watch them with a room of friends. I did in college because okay. that's what you did Obviously in college. Obviously, you're surrounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Nowadays, like, if I can find somebody that, like, likes the same comedian or is willing to watch it and I want to watch it, I'll sit down and watch with somebody. But, like, I watch so the my shit question- basically to laugh. So, like, I don't give a fuck if somebody's <laughs> there or not. So my question is, do you enjoy it more with people around you or uh, alone? Or is there no difference? So this is what I'll say about that. There are... There are times where it's more fun. I actually find it more fun to rewatch a special that I've already seen with someone who hasn't seen it because then all of a sudden it becomes more funny for me uh. because I can see their reaction. <laughs> and I've definitely done that many times. Yeah. You're right. That's, yeah, I like that. that's when I love a those lot of, moments. That's when a lot of rewatching becomes better for me because all of a sudden it's like, oh, I get to see someone else's reaction. So. Speaking of rewatching, do you think comedy specials or comedy in general ages well or doesn't? Some does. I mean, I mean, when they when that's I don't like political comedy because mm-hmm. it doesn't age well, right? Or like, and I'm not a I I not smart enough or don't care enough for politics to like connect with it or understand it. So that shit doesn't hit me very well but do you think when you go back and rewatch old shit like prior or carlin do you still laugh I or mean, is it a yeah i nostalgic mean nostalgic thing it some of it depends on some of it depends on how long it's been since i listened or watched some of it can very easily be chalked up to the fact that i'm just feeling nostalgic and like oh i haven't listened to that in forever like, yeah just give it a listen yeah um i yeah i agree with political humor uh, it's very, you have to have lived through it to some degree or like have an understanding of it before you can find it funny many years later, I think, uh, depending. Right. Like it's very like, it's, it's dependent on how pointed the joke is or how specific the joke is. So like there's a, a, a joke that George Carlin makes about Dan Quayle. So like that only works if A, you know about Dan Quayle and you understand how like, he was during the races, like what that he was in, you know, I don't understand it that much, but they paint him to be kind of a lunatic and that's how Carlin kind of paints him. <laughs> so like, unless you understand that part that everyone thought he was crazy as shit, the, the joke about Dan Quayle kind of falls flat, I think. 
Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I could show it to someone, like, in their like, early 20s and have them understand it the way I understand it. Does your father oh, laugh my, at that joke? My dad probably did at the time. Because um, he's a political he, person, right? He's kind of political. I he's forget. not super political, but, I mean, he's definitely well, in he, politics to some degree. Um, wasn't he in... in he was, was in the Minnesota House he? of Representatives for a, a yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but that, I mean, at the same time, my dad can joke. Like, I tell the story all the time about one time dad and I were on a plane and we were talking about George Carlin before we got on the plane. And as they were giving the safety instructions on the plane, dad and I are in coach just fucking mouth, like whispering the fucking bit about the safety instructions to each other, laughing our asses <laughs> off. And nobody else got what we were doing. We looked like lunatics, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm just glad we didn't do it after 9-11 because we probably would have been kicked off the plane. But (laughs) Holy shit, yeah. (laughs) You know, being the fact that Um, we're we're not exactly the whitest people up in Minnesota here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, all right, yeah. You look pretty white to me, but... um, That's because I don't go out in the sun anymore. I don't know. (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. We're talking stand-up comedies, specials, stand-up comedians. Do you want to go through the 70s to now, or do you want to talk sitcoms? I honestly couldn't movies? really tell you much. I mean, year-wise, like, who I was into, like, from the 70s to now. Like, I just kind of picked up and watched whatever was there. You know, like I say, I watched some of Robin Williams shit from the it's 70s. True. Some of Richard Pryor shit from the 70s. But I also watched stuff from the 80s and the 90s from them, too. So, I mean, I couldn't tell you what I was really into in what decade. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. I mean, I, I wrote that question down thinking it was going to be something important, but the more I think about it, it's like I like who I like, and I'm not quite sure where they're from or exactly. when I saw them. So it's like, I don't know. It, it, I, I, I don't know. They're, I'm just glad that comedy right now is popular again. Yeah, it's coming back. It, it, it's, it's had its downfalls yeah several times um and a drought and i'm really excited i don't know have you heard of tony hinchcliffe i know the name i know he's got a special on netflix that i haven't watched oh no that's uh no longer on netflix that's old school he's got a yeah i i just i i just brought that name up because i knew you didn't know of him and i'm trying to i'm thinking maybe we should just throw names at each other that we don't think we each other know. Um, but this, this Tony Hinchcliffe is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, independent comedian. Okay. YouTube. And the, the YouTube. Oh, yeah. YouTube is, is saving comedy it, right now. Thank you. That's exactly what I was going to. Thank you. Because I think yes. even, I think I just saw uh, a comedian whose name I can't remember right now. She was, I think her special debuted on Comedy Central's YouTube channel last night. I think it was called Whiskey Fists. I can't remember her name offhand. I'll have to look it up. But uh, yeah, I mean, even Comedy Central's, I think, starting to see that YouTube is the way to go with specials. They are. They must be because they keep broadcasting an all-day event or like... uh, 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 roasting shit. Like, they'll do 24 hours on YouTube. Yep. Like, I don't know. So they must be. And and my favorite comedian is Mark Norman, and that guy is a fucking one-liner left and... 
after one after the other. Yeah. And and he tried to he made his special, his last special. He tried to sell it to Netflix and Prime, Amazon Prime, and all this shit. And everybody said no because he's just a white guy and they right. want diversity and all that shit. So he, he, he doesn't bring enough on, to the table. <laughs> yeah. Right? So uh, crazy enough, he puts it on YouTube himself independently. Seven million views. And now, now, a year later, he's getting a half hour special in October on Netflix. They call him. <laughs> you know, Netflix yeah. calls him. So Netflix, Netflix I don't. Ne- I, Netflix I, has I, been doing some weird shit, like with stand up. Like they, like I'll talk about the fact that Patton Oswalt released a Netflix special that I never yeah, knew about. Yep. And like all of a sudden, yeah. it was like I, I love everything or something like that was what it was called. It was after yeah. his his one before that, which was Annihilation, where like he actually really tackled the fact that his wife died, and that was really good. Um, this one is is good, but it's a different side of Oswald. Like he's not nearly as curmudgeonly about everything. I don't think, and he even that, that he even addresses it in the new one. Like Curmud- <laughs> curmudgeon, what's that word? Dude, he's not he's not like super grouchy curmudgeonly. Like he's not super grouchy oh. about everything and. Like, Oh, so like, I guess he is kind of a grumpy, yeah, midget, yeah, yeah. So okay. Again, that's the the humor I gravitate towards. Um, but I think your point was is like, yeah, I I saw that special, but I didn't see it till months after it was out. Yeah, I I think it, I came across yeah. it like a month after it was released, and I was like, what the fuck is this? But like, <laughs> yeah, they they're definitely like, it's definitely you know when they can find certain. I hate to say it this way, but certain minorities, like that, they can yeah. like lean into. Like Joe Coy, seems to be popping yep. up a lot. Which he's funny. Yep. He's he's actually very funny. I think he's hilarious. I've actually never seen anything of from him. Uh, his older stuff, like from Comedy Central and stuff like that, was funnier. Um, okay, but like he's funny. Uh, yep. Russell Peters is another one. You know, he's yeah, he's I like funny. that. I like him, but he's also kind of Do you like the. Sub- but. Sebastian something, uh Sebastian Maniscalco? Yeah, you like him? He's he, he's pretty fucking pre- popular nowadays. Yeah, but I haven't he's, watched Which is weird because I think I think all in all he's probably got like seven or eight specials. Oh, he's been working for he, like thirty years. Yeah, he's been working apparently. a while. And uh yeah, yeah. he's just like Netflix just kind of pumped him into the mainstream a little bit and like he's kinda taken okay. off. But yeah, he's he's pretty funny. Um he he's not like the top of my list, but I he, I've watched a couple of the specials and they made me laugh. Uh, um, Kyle Kinane's probably it. one of my favorites right now. Kyle who? Kyle Kinane. Oh, is that the guy you showed me at the uh, the one yeah. podcast? Uh, yeah, I like that guy. Was pretty fucking funny. He got a really gruff you voice. Seen... He's like my size, but like with a big beard. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I looked him up. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was pretty fun. I never heard of him until you showed me. There's so many fucking comedians. Like, there's a yeah. lot of hacks. There's a lot of good comedians. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. just, it's just crazy. Like that world. Um, I do enjoy the comedy community. When I I listen to a lot of podcasts and it's very comedian based. Yeah. And I and I like their stories because they travel the world. They have a lot of stories about this and that. You know, obviously where they get their bits from. Right. But my favorite part is is that their community, like, 
they're they have a group of friends mm-hmm. that they're close with. They're all comedians. Yeah. They sit around and eat lunch and get drunk and whatever and help each other with their own bits. Like they'll have an idea for a joke and then this other comedian will help tag it. Yep. You know, make it better. And it's just like a, a, a friendly I don't environment and I really appreciate that. And I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous of it. For sure. <laughs> I think Nate Bargassi has, like, a great joke about that where he's, like, he's talking about his wife always. Yeah. He's like, oh, you always, like, hang <laughs> yes. out with your friends. He's like, yeah, because they're professional comedians. <laughs> <laughs> they're funny as fuck. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, dude, I love that guy, and I'm going to see him in November. I am. Oh, who's he coming yeah. with? I thought I saw that he was doing shows with Jeff Fox or anything, which is kind of what made me go, no. <laughs> I don't know anything about. Uh, I'm going to see Bill Burr in October and Nate in November, but I don't know about their features or openers or anything like oh, that. Oh, legit. Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of like, damn, maybe don't want to know. Some... I want to be surprised. Might and, pick know. up some tickets. I... Fuck. Dude, oh my god. I'm gonna... I've, I've never... I've always been a fan of stand-up comedy and watching yep. specials, this and that, but I've never been the guy to go to the shows... And now I am, and I'm really excited to. So this Bill Burr will be my first, my second stand-up comedy show I've ever been to. That's legit. I can't. Re- my first one is so far back. I I can't remember who it was. I think or- the closest thing I've been to stand-up is I went to. Kevin Smith did one of his Q and As in town here at uh, St. Cloud State, <laughs> and I, I I went there. I even skipped. I don't it. care. That guy's a stand-up. I oh no, care. it was great. <laughs> I mean, it, but like, it wasn't like strictly stand-up at that point. It was all Q and A. I stuff. know he's he's different. He's different. Um, I mean, he does stand-up now, which is I mean, his stand-up special was actually pretty good. Um, yeah, I fuck. I I skipped part of my part of my shift that night to <laughs> to to go to that fucking show. So you saw him? Did you talk to him? No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't have a chance because, like, I legit had to like fly to work after that. So, oh yeah, yeah. Like people were out looking for me. Yeah, you know I love Kevin Smith, but yeah, he he will not call it a stand-up comedy show, but it is. It really is. The dude is just Mm -hmm. funny as fuck. I mean, you know it from his movies and his writing. Right. He's just got the fucking inkling to be funny or the beats like it's within him yeah but he does not call himself a stand-up com- com- comedian out of respect because he doesn't like you know out of respect shows. for people that he put doesn't... in the work yeah yeah exactly yes yes, yes. yeah so i res- I, I love kevin smith but yeah that showtime special is fucking where he had a heart attack right afterwards fucking hilarious <laughs> <laughs> and all he did was tell four or five stories that's yeah, all he did that's yeah that's really what he has to do really <laughs> Um, and that's why I enjoy his podcast. He he just does that shit. This is legit. Uh, He's repetitive as fuck. But uh, <laughs> what you got? What you, what you got? Um. Well, do we want to stick on stand ups for a minute, or do we want to go into sitcoms, sketch comedies? We can do sitcoms. We can switch it up to sitcoms. Word. Uh. So I mean, there are a couple that like I for like, so growing up that I always watched. Uh, my, I watched with my grandparents because. That was just who I hung out with. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember yep. watching, like, I used to watch Perfect Strangers and Night Court. It was, like, an 80s to 90s Ooh. sitcom. Night Court was weirdly entertaining. I Holy shit. I own all all the seasons of Night Court on Amazon, on Amazon right now. So, Do you? 
I do. Do they and hold up? Because I'm afraid to rewatch it. There's I, I I remember loving it so much, but I'm afraid to rewatch it and there, you know hate on it. It's there's plenty of shit in there that that's funny because it's not the the subject matter is very self contained. It doesn't you know have an overarching like storyline or anything like that. There's a bunch of like just random bits that may pop up, but like every episode is very much its own coherent story. And you right. know, there's yep. and and just the whole thing is just it very much relies on being ridiculous. You know, so there yeah. like, it's, it's not anything like where you have to like worry about there's a few episodes where like, you know, Roz becomes a diabetic but doesn't want to accept it, so like she has whatever. You know, that's Roz is the blonde or Roz was Marsha Warfield who is the Oh yeah, the yeah, third yeah third bailiff that works with Bull. Yep, yep, yep. Um, She's on that uh, Comedy Store documentary, actually. Oh, word? Yep, um, yep, yep. Sorry. Yeah, she was the third one that got, because, like, the first two died. Those were probably one of the heavier episodes, is, like, after the second one died, like, and Bull has, like, a breakdown about it. That's really? actually kind of a heartbreaking episode, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, yeah I, like I say, they're all pretty pretty good so far. Uh, I'm not, I haven't finished it yet. The uh, Perfect Strangers was the one that really kind of disappointed me because you could tell, like, the last season, they were just sort of writing it for the money. There wasn't a lot of storyline oh. to it. And, like, at, even after <sighs> the, even the, the season before that wasn't great, but there was still an overarching, like, theme. I know what you're saying, dude. I love sitcoms, and I love them being ridiculous, but you can always tell when they don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. You can always tell when they're just writing it for the money. I never I f- put in that words before, but you're absolutely right. I feel like the, there's I feel like there was like a writer's strike at some point around that oh. time too. So that might be part of it. Uh, I'd have to go back and look. Yeah. But uh but yeah, I the last season of Perfect Strangers really was disappointing because it was just cobbled together weird shit that they were doing. A lot of like weird sort of like fantasy episodes where like they envisioned themselves as as other characters and Oh, that fantasy episodic shit yeah, or there was dream like, there fever was, shit. There was I one fucking... episode where they were Laurel and Hardy. And I was like, oh, what the goodness. fuck is happening? <laughs> um, yeah, you're going back then. My first favorite, I don't even know if... Cheers. I'm just going to say it. Cheers. Yeah, that's. Like, I mean, it's eh. a good one. I, I, I didn't watch a lot of it myself because, like I say, I was usually watching... Other stuff, but I mean, I go, I can watch Cheers now and really appreciate it still. Like, it's still funny. Oh my to me. God. That holds up. I loved it back in the day, and it's because my parents watched it, why I watched it. Yep. And I, and I didn't get the fucking humor at the time, but as I rewatch it, it just gets funnier and yeah. funnier. And it, Norm and the Cliff. The, oh my God. He is the butt of the joke. <laughs> I think what oh. really works for that show. <laughs> What really works for that show is that it's self-contained into one spot 90% of the time. It's all in that bar. Other than, like, the times and, they have to go out. But, like, for the most part, it's all in that bar. And I think exactly. that's what helps it. And it's kind of like watching a, a show on at a theater or, like, yeah. because it was, they did a lot of it in one take. Like, well, it's because they always um, say, like, it's recorded in front of a live studio audience. So it's exactly, not a laugh track. Yeah. It's people laughing at the show. Exactly. So... I don't know. It's just so that's something so that's gone and real. 
that's something that's really gone missing from sitcoms nowadays. Oh, is dude. the 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 recorded in front of a live studio audience? Like, there's certain think... bits of magic to that that I don't think you can have anymore without that. Without the, without no. the live studio audience, there's certain bits of magic that you just don't get. You know. Yep. You're you. Yeah, it's a dead thing. I think sitcoms are done. Like, there's. What is the last sitcom that you enjoyed? Like, mine is probably Modern Family, uh, How I Met Your Mother. I'm not sure, but... How I Met Your Mother is probably the last true sitcom, from what I can tell. I mean, there's still sitcoms going on, but, like, I I don't think they've reached the heights that... they suck. Yeah, I don't think they've reached the heights as, like, How I Met Your Mother. I mean, uh, Two and a Half Men was probably the last... True, I did enjoy that show, actually. The last true sitcom that. that I remember really enjoying was Two and a Half Men. Um, That's that Chuck Lore, I think his name is. Yeah, he's the same guy that wrote The Big Bang Theory, and I think he wrote a couple yeah, of movies, too. He, he's, he's, he's a comedy writer for sure. But, yeah. But yeah, there's something... There's I don't know what it is, but there's a difference to sitcoms nowadays where... Yeah. They're, sitcoms have always been cheesy and ridiculous... But nowadays they're cheesy and ridiculous and no fun. Like, right. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too old or got sick of them. But they, something has changed. I don't know what it is. A lot but of them, something has changed. It seems to me that a lot of them nowadays take pretty heavy subject matter and try to ah. try to turn it on its ear a little bit. Like, I yeah. I, I think the easiest one to think of is Mom, which is you know, yeah, Ferris, Anna Ferris. Yeah, yeah. And she's like a recovering alcoholic and like. Yeah, I I enjoyed that show. I think she's I funny. Didn't finish uh, it, but I finished it, but I liked it. I think Alice uh, Janney's funny. Um, I just she's I didn't stay amazing with the show. actress, by the yeah. way. Sorry. No, she is. Um, I just I didn't stick with that show for very long, but I I think no, I didn't finish it either. I think that's what I mean because the old ones, it was never about you know an overarching theme of like I mean Cheers, yeah, Sam was an alcoholic, but like that wasn't really referenced that heavily. You know, he would explain it every now and again, and like yeah, they had like parts where like all of a sudden he was drinking again good after point drink. they, they, just they would dabble in yeah yes there you go nice it was it was it was something they tucked away to make a like to make a point later or to like do something later but like it was established and then just forgotten about for a while and you know that's i think what you know everything is really lacking nowadays is like it's always really focused on the character's flaws you know, yeah. and, and th- like, that's all well and good to some degree, but, like, you have to be able to say, yeah, well, he's so, human. He's still trying. Like, he's still working through it. Like, he's doing stuff. Yeah, he may fuck up sometimes, but, like, eh. You know, like, it's not like, oh, well, he's not. So they make so, it yeah. too serious. Yeah, they try to take themselves. fun. Yeah they, yeah, they take some of the fun of it by having the heavier subject matter front and center. And, you know, obviously people are like, we shouldn't laugh Damn, about that's that. a good point. I, I agree with that. That's my take on it. I mean, I could be wrong. Some I mean, somebody listens to this could easily just, you know, message us and let me know that I don't uh, know what the fuck I, I'm talking about. Hell yeah, yell at us, please, listeners. But uh, since we're talking about Cheers and my passion for it, Aram, do you like Frasier, the sitcom Frasier? I fucking love Frasier. I oh, thank you. Um, I know. Oh that... my god, the best hoity-toity yep. comedy ever to exist. <laughs> and th- again, that's a that's a show where it took like a character flaw and just like it made it 
natural enough in the setting that like it wasn't front and center. Like it was the constant part of a joke, but like you accepted it at the same time. Yeah. You know, so I like I don't know. It you it, knew it, what it was. Yeah. Yeah, you knew what it was. No one had to shove it down your throat. You know, you could just and like even still, like even with the flaws, they just played off it instead of what. Even with their flaws, the characters were endearing in many ways. Like, yeah, they got oh like dickheads, God. but like at the end of the day, they were good guys that like didn't even mean this, harm. Like Niles, even his this, dad, like even Niles and his stupid crush on uh, Daphne. What's her name? Daphne. Yep. It was so ridiculous, but yeah, you really wanted for some reason like. They played it so well. Like, you wanted Niles yeah. to hook up with her. Exactly. And when it finally happened eight years later, you you saw it coming, but you were happy it happened. Like, I don't right. know. It uh, just, it's got to do, it has to be something with the writing and the actors. I'm sure it's, yeah. The it's delivery, usually, like. It's a formula, and if you don't have all the right ingredients, I'm sure it falls flat a lot. It's It's got to be, yeah. And I. I don't think people take sitcoms serious anymore. I don't know why I'm trying to guess why they're not good anymore, but I mean, I just haven't liked a new sitcom in a while. Right. I mean, it. I think you know it boils. Yeah, you know, I think that's the main thing is that if you don't have the right ingredients or if you take some of the stuff away, it's not the same, and therefore it's not nearly as good. Like it's kind of like when Friends ended and then Joey got his own sitcom. I don't think that lasted very long, <laughs> and I think that's because you just had Joey, like. You didn't have anybody else. Like, you didn't have no. Chandler to bounce off of. You didn't have Ross no. or Phoebe or any of them yeah. to really, yeah. like, work with Joey. That that seems like a studio network idea. Like, oh, we're just going to, you know, do this. Yeah, it's, but they don't know what they're talking about, basically, is my point. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think about sketch comedy? What's your favorite sketch comedy? So, uh, growing up, I... <laughs> Gonna sound goofy, but growing up, I watched a lot of In Living Color. Me too. Yes, I love that. Uh, so yeah, I so love I In Living Color. That. that was my first exposure. The hip hop acts at the end. Yep. I fucking I fucking love that uh, show. That was my first. Exposure uh, what's that? To Fire Jim Marshal Car- Bill. Yep, that <laughs> Jim was, Carrey. I was gonna say that was my first exposure to Jim Carrey. Um, actually, yeah. it was my first exposure to most of the Wayans family. Cause True. I, cause, Me yeah, too. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think this is the first thing they did, actually. Well, Keenan, I feel like Keenan, who started the whole thing, had done something else, but I don't remember what, or he did something close to that, like around that time. But yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone like other than Damon maybe had done anything specific, and even he, I don't think he'd done more than like a guest spot on some stuff. But I could very well be wrong. Uh, Marlon oh and God. Sean was the DJ for the first like however many seasons. Then all of a sudden, he was a recurring cast member. Yep. Um, and then, you know, Kim, Marlon, Damon, Keenan, they were all on the show. It was... Hell yeah. I thoroughly... That's my that. first favorite sketch comedy. What? Do you, and then I found... Uh, fuck. Canadian... Uh, oh, the Kids in the Hall? Yes. Did you like that one? I didn't get too much into them. Um, they're... It, it was a short-lived series for sure yeah. but i i thoroughly enjoyed it and loved those actors i think dave foley Comedians. and uh i can't remember the other guy but there were two of them that i enjoyed uh as you know comedic actors i don't think i really got into too much in in the kids in the hall itself uh i even remember the yeah. movie the movie fell flat for me i think it was too there's a movie yeah it's called brain candy oh yeah that did 
That's why I don't remember it. I don't think I liked it. I don't think I liked it. Their their stuff was, <clears throat> I want to say, cerebral in ways that I don't think I really gelled with at the time. Um, yeah, cerebral, cerebral, and a little, and could be very just ridiculous at the same time. So you, like, I just, I didn't for some reason I didn't connect with it very well. What do you mean by cerebral? Like there was this shit that like you would, they would do and say because their delivery was kind of like very straight. They had a kind of a straight delivery. Yeah. Like even when they were doing ridiculous shit, like the people that weren't dressed ridiculously or having to act that way were just <laughs> very straight about it. Like they, they, they were delivering the lines seriously. And like, you yeah. had to be able to like, you know, understand the whole situation. You had to and be like, in you had the, to, yeah, yeah, you had to be in yeah. the moment, like in the scene and in the moment. And it, for That's some reason, it didn't, it didn't hit for me. Um, yeah. It, what about, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I I don't know why I liked it, but I, I thought it was super ridiculous. I, so I had plenty I liked of friends it. that really But liked I didn't it. watch it till I was in my 20s. I didn't see it till way later. Yeah, I had plenty of friends so, that were into it like when I was like 12. So Did you uh like uh did you grow up watching SNL? Did you stay up I late? I did not. No, I didn't watch yeah. SNL. I watched uh I ended up watching Mad TV for a while. I watched the first Ooh, few I, first few seasons of that, and then I just I kind of trailed out. Like once Artie Lane did you was read, gone, I was did you read the Did you read the comic? Uh, or I mean, the book Mad TV. No, me neither. No. Um, but yeah, I. A lot of people. It was like a thing. Mm -hmm. Did you stay up late? Did you like disappoint your parents or trick your parents and? sneak into watching SNL at midnight no it was like a, it was like a it was like a thing that the kids would talk about it was like something you should have done you know what i mean right no i i, I, I did it once or twice but i never i'm going to be got hooked be i never real, got hooked i'm going to be real honest and i'm going to probably well, i'm going to be a typical 12 year old and say that i stayed up <laughs> stayed up watching Skinamax. Um, <laughs> Red Shoe Diaries, David yeah. Duchovny. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I didn't. I, did that I, as well. I didn't want to laugh that late at night. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that's yeah, hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I, I was gonna sorry. say one of the one of the best sketch comedy things I've ever seen. Uh, Rowan Atkinson had a a special just called Rowan Atkinson Stands Up. Uh, in the mid '90s, I used to have it on cassette or VHS. Sorry, not cassette. That implies that I had a cassette player. Um, <laughs> I did, but this is this was a VHS tape, and yeah, uh, yeah. it's literally just him doing sketches. Like it's him and maybe one other person that has to lend a voice or do like a secondary character in this in the skit. But like everyone always remembers Rowan Atkinson for Mr. Bean. Um, okay, now I know yeah, who you're talking about. He did a show before that called Black Adder which is much better because you okay. get a chance to hear him talk and he actually is able to deliver <laughs> actual like dialogue that is hilarious. Uh, and this, this oh, sketch yeah. show, like he does bits where like it's Mr. Bean. Like there's one bit that is a classic Mr. Bean skit. There's another one where he doesn't really talk, but like he does a lot of like physical humor. And then there's just a bunch where like he just does different characters playing off of this one other guy or like just standing by himself and just playing off of no one. And he's hilarious doing it. Um, it's, if you ever get a chance, watch like 
there's one skit called Fatal Beatings, um, where he basically tells a father mm-hmm. he had to beat his child to death because he caught him stealing a book from the library. <laughs> and that's a pretty hilarious bit. Um, there, there's a bunch of them like that, though. So I got to write that down. What's it called? Black Hatter? Black, black Adder, which is you know, like, like the snake, like a black adder. Okay. So A-D-D-E-R. Yeah. But yeah, so there's like four seasons of that. I like that that guy. That dude's funny. There's like four seasons of that, plus a bunch of specials they did. Like, he did like a a Christmas Carol version of Black Adder, (laughs) which is pretty good. Uh, But yeah, that's very much classic, like, British humor, because that's like from the 70s or 80s, I think. Um, That's very much dry sarcastic like snarky british humor like at at its finest the only other thing oh, that's yeah. probably as good as that is faulty towers with john cleese john cleese who's that he's from uh, monty python he's one of the members of monty python ah uh, so he okay. he did a show called faulty towers where he and his wife own a hotel and he's always trying to have like an upper class sort of like uh, clientele and he's very like temperamental and like very snarky to everybody that he doesn't want to be around constantly like he yells at the the waiter who and like slash bellboy who is uh, Spanish doesn't speak a lick of English um, hmm. he's always yelling at him about it and like his wife at some point is like you hired him he's like she's like you said you could speak Spanish he's like I can speak classic Spanish I don't know what the hell he's saying <laughs> And it's shit like that oh, that he shit. says, like, he, he just does, like, says ridiculous shit. And I, I'll i send you the link to the video, but there's a video of John Cleese okay. doing an interview where he talks about the actual owner of a hotel that he met that basically he based his character off of. Um, oh, He's just okay. like, the guy had a, had a, he says he had a touch of madness about him. <laughs> he'd, like, he'd go up and, <laughs> like, he'd be looking down doing something, he'd be like, excuse me, yes? And he's like, he wouldn't look up at you. Like, excuse me, can I just... Yes, what is it? <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> and that's exactly how he acts in the show. So, like, that's... The, that's another one, like, old-style stuff that, like, I, I enjoy. Like, that's the speaking one... Speaking of... Yeah, speaking of old-style and Monty Python, did you I've, partake? I've watched you some connect? of... Some of it, yes. Some of it, no. Um, me too. I've seen some of it... I have dabbled. I have dabbled, but... A lot of comedians, as I listen to a lot of comedian podcasts, they fucking love. It's like inspiration for their comedy is Monty Python. Yeah. And well, I as far as never, I know, Monty Python a, just did something different. Yeah, and it's a Canadian based, I believe. English. Yeah. English. Oh my bad. They're they're, uh, they're very they're very British. Yeah, yeah. You're thinking oh, of I believe oh. Second City was the was the yes Canadian. I am yes I am they had yes the. Uh, Yes, um, but yeah, I've I've watched uh, Meaning of Life. I think this is the only one I've really watched. Meaning of Life Where is, the, is the, good. The fat guy blows up yep. or whatever, and that's that and was, that's a movie all done sketch comedy. Yep, like that's yep, yep. Like they're just they did a lot of production because Terry Gilliam, who's a member of the, the Monty Python, who's you've seen tons of shit he's done, I'm sure. Um, uh-huh. But like he's the one that does all the animations. And he directs all this stuff, like, so like they, they put a lot of like effort into doing something funny that was very different and very off the wall, like 
That, and that was that was the coin thing in the beginning of every episode of Monty Python's Flying Circus. It's like, and now for something completely different. So they were yeah. always try, it seemed like they were always trying to like do something against the mainstream. Hell yeah, and I can give them that. I mean, I don't know much about it, but what I've seen is very against the mainstream and off the wall and yeah. they they accomplished that for sure. I feel like the only thing that I can really compare it to is like a bit of Fry and Laurie, which is uh, Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie. I've never seen that. Yeah, the guy from House. Yeah, the, Hugh Laurie, yeah. who yeah. who I think a yep. lot of people forget like that before he did House and started doing yep. serious stuff. He was a comedian. Um, I never, I've never seen the comedy act, but I I know him from House because I love that yeah. show. And Stephen Fry is another you know pretty well known British mm. actor. He's very funny. Um, yeah, I've definitely seen him here and there. So yeah, I mean, those yeah. two had their own their own show that was a sketch comedy show. Yeah, yeah, I think it's on Amazon Prime. I'm not sure, but it's on one. Of yeah, them, I've I'm never sure. I've never seen it. I've never seen. It. How old is it? 90s or is it 2000s? What a bit of Fry How and Lori. Yeah, uh, 80s, I think. Is it that and, old? Yeah, okay. a lot of the stuff like they did like in the 80s or maybe even 70s. Holy I don't think shit. I don't think a lot of that shit made it to the '90s. I think by that point they were starting to move on to other stuff. Um, Stephen Fry, I believe, was I believe was moving on to other stuff. I don't know about Hugh Laurie, but yeah, like by the '90s, I'm pretty sure. Well, I believe one of the guys from Monty Python died in the late '80s from cancer or something. I can't remember his name. Um, he's got an autobiography. He's got a biography on a, a movie about him called The Liar's Biography or something like that. Basically, okay. it's him doing his own autobiography, but like embellishing a bunch of shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I believe at that point they'd started to go off to do other stuff, and yeah. they were kind of just, at least for Monty Python, because yeah, I believe after Python is when Cleese did Faulty Towers. Eric Idle was doing other stuff. Terry Gilliam was doing. I think, I feel like Terry Gilliam did Time Bandits. Ooh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a Terry Gilliam bit. But, like, okay. Terry Gilliam's all over the place. Like, he was doing stuff like Man of La Mancha. Or, no, not Man of La Mancha. Uh, Lost in La Mancha was a documentary about him trying to produce Don Quixote. And it, it fell apart everywhere. Like, he had Johnny Depp, like, on to play Don Quixote and stuff like that. And it was... He, he was, from day one, he was beset by, like, unfortunate accidents and shit like that. It just, like... Basically, he never got the movie made. Huh. Fucking. I believe he also did Heath Ledger's last movie. Uh, which is... Brokeback Mountain? No, uh, it's The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Because I believe... Holy shit, I've never even heard of this. I believe Heath died in the middle of production, so they had to get other people to play his character in uh, certain spots. So they I got, like... I hearing that. Yeah, they got Colin Farrell... And you and no, not you and McGregor. Maybe you and McGregor. And uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. Um, but yeah, so they that was yeah. That was a Terry have you Gilliam seen joint. the movie? Yeah, I owned it at one point. Is it, is it good? It's very I've good. It's it's beautifully shot. Um, like I say, it, Terry Gilliam's got a, a an eye for visuals, especially when he's able to do okay. animatics or animations and stuff like that. Um, Tom okay. Waits plays the devil in the movie. Uh, so that's usually pretty cool. Um, Tom Waits is great in the movie. 
Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I believe that was the last movie that Heath Ledger ever was part of. So I think he, yeah, I think he died in the middle of filming it. Yeah, I thought he did. Uh, uh, anyways, that's not comedy talk. But no. uh, it's not, uh, um, you like Dave Chappelle. I liked, so I enjoyed old Dave Chappelle. And I, you know, I. Old? I, did like, you say old? Yeah, older, Young? his older, yeah, his younger stuff. Um, and, like, I enjoyed, obviously I enjoyed the, the Chappelle show. But yeah, the first two seasons. For the sure. first, yeah. Um, but what do you think newer, about his newer stuff? Just does not. That's why I bring it up because he's less of a stand-up comedian. His newer shit when he came back after those fifteen years, yeah. Sticks and Stones, those first two specials yeah. on Netflix, hilarious. But recently, in the last year or two, he's more and. I, I I I hate to talk shit because I know what he's doing and he's trying mm-hmm. to make the world a better place and make a good point, but yeah. he's just like uh, he's just like making more statements and being more prolific. Or well, he's trying you know to what make I mean? what he's because he, I think it's not stand up comedy. It's more of a beautiful point. Okay. Right. It's um, it. I think, I think what the thing with Chappelle and is it, you know I think. I've noted that he's got a new podcast that he does, and I haven't given yeah. it a chance yet, but I'm going I to. I have to pay for it to listen to it, so I'm not going to do it. Oh, well, that might be the reason I don't do it either, but <laughs> I, I can at least understand that he's come to the understanding that his his words, because of his popularity and like where he was at, yeah. that his words carried a lot of weight and had meaning and still do, yeah. and I think he's trying they- to be more responsible about it. Yeah, I think okay. that, that would be what I would think he's trying to do. I uh, agree with that, and you know, and to, yeah, it doesn't. It falls so flat I think for me. He's, like it's not the comedy he's I want. Changing, but. he's changing. He's from stand-up comedy to something else, which is fucking fine. And he's really good at what he's changing into, because he makes beautiful points. Yeah, he is prolific. He is fucking uh, just just he. He could be a fucking president, honestly. I would vote for that fucker. Yeah. Um, yeah, for but, sure. But, yeah, he just, he puts out things like stand-up special on YouTube, and it's just like, it's not really a fucking stand-up special. It's more of like a, a beautiful speech or a preach. Yeah. Uh, a beautiful preaching, which is fucking fine, but just yeah. don't. I, I, I just have this stupid fucking, like, don't cover it as stand-up comedy, you know. Uh, don't uh, put that put it in that category. Is all I'm saying. Right. It, it, and who am I to say anything? But it kind of flows into spoken word as opposed to stand-up ooh. comedy. I think would probably be the right way to look at it. I, I think uh, that's yeah, a, most that might be a weird definition of it, but I don't know. Yeah. That seems like no, what he's doing to me. You're right. That's I like that. That's very true he he's kind of going the way of like what henry rollins would do where like henry rollins for a while was releasing (laughs) stuff that like it was all spoken word but he was just very funny about it dude that's henry rollins is similar to kevin smith where he just he's talking 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 but he's fucking funny he's just telling stories he's not really he doesn't label himself as a stand-up comedian he's just a one-man show 
uh, telling stories and blah, blah, blah. Exactly. And he's fucking fun and he's entertaining. So, yeah, okay. I, that's okay. Okay, thank you. Now, now you're helping me compartmentalize or move Dave Chappelle into a yeah. different uh, compartment. Sh- shifting yeah, the categories. files around. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah. What I, do you think? What? What's up? No, you got a question? No, I think I was going to just start babbling about something. What did, what did you want to ask? Uh, Bert Kreischer. You like that guy? Oh, Bert Kreischer. Um, you know, the shirtless comedian. Yeah, I, 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 know, I know who he is. Uh, he's not my I favorite. Think, I don't under... I, I, I love him. He's so engaging and... He's a fun energy. Yeah, he's he's an entertainer. Why the fuck is he so popular? I think that machine bit is way overrated. It's not as funny as people say it is. My problem is that I love the guy. I watch all his shit, but my problem is the machine bit seems like the only bit that I really can find funny. Like otherwise, I don't find (laughs) I don't find him that funny. He's he's exactly he's a magnificent entertainer. He's got great energy, and I'm sure engaging. Yes, engaging. I'm sure some people find him funny. I don't find him that funny. It's like it's a personal taste. His audience. It's like he's. And I'm sure he knows it. It feels. I feel like, I've watched. I watched some of his podcasts. I feel like he knows it. But his audience is frat house pieces of shit, or like, fuck. I'm not, he's a I'm part, trying to not. He's kind of a party guy, so he appeals to that sort of like mentality. So Van Wilder, he's yeah. They made that movie about his life because, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, he yeah. They made an article about him being in college for whatever. It was a Van Wilder type of story. They wrote an article in some magazine. Interesting. And then that that fucking article made uh, bought the rights to that movie and. Very it was about Bert. Yeah, that. So the guy is magnificent. It is it just? It just blows my mind how far he's come and how popular he is when he's really just okay. You know, he's yeah. he's not ter- he's not whack. He's like me rapping or playing bass. I'm not whack or terrible, but I'm not the greatest. You know, I'm just in the middle, and that's kind of where he is. But his fucking lifestyle is he's on top. He's on top. It's well, great. Yeah, I mean, it, he is he's great at marketing though. Marketing, he he interacts with his fans. It sounds like he parties with people after the show, like he'll party with fans. He, so like he he does. He's so, so I think that's part of it. Like I think that's at least the stories are that he does. Yeah, so like, I mean yeah, like holy shit. That's the kind of shit that like I think helps in that way. Like he's got that reputation as like, oh, this is somebody that like engages with the fans and like we'll do whatever you know yeah. it's that probably helps a lot that's how dane cook really got fired up yeah because he would just sit on my space and reply to all the yep. people you know you just sit and, and play guitar sell out yeah. show yeah yeah so yeah uh so you've heard the stories but yeah mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know i don't know i, I have you heard bert kreischer is he made a movie with mark hamill it's called The Machine. I heard that that was coming out or was being done. I didn't he know it was He just finished. finished shooting it. Okay. Just finished yeah. shooting it. So, yeah, I kind of heard that it was in production. It, it's not surprising. That story. I roll is, my eyes when I talk about it, but I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. 
<laughs> I'm not surprised they made a story out of that because uh, have you ever seen the movie? Okay. I, I hope they I hope they serve beer in hell. No. Okay, so the the movie is based off a book, which is based off of a website run by this guy named Tucker Max, and he basically just tells all these stories about he gets about how he gets shit housed and like gets into fucking weird situations mm-hmm. and shenanigans, and they're all stories and they're all fucking funny. But basically, what they did was they took his first book because he eventually started putting them into books and like publishing them to make some more money. Um, okay. They took the first book, which was called "I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell." Um, and just cobbled all the stories into one movie somehow. They they somehow made it a coherent storyline, even though I had read enough to like go, that's not how that's supposed to happen. That's not what that's supposed to do. Um, <laughs> but mm-hmm. like, so like, it doesn't surprise me that they would do something like that because they did it with Tucker Max, you know, and he's not that famous. Like he's got a decent following on his website, I'm sure. And I mean, right. his books seem to, he's made more than one book, so I'm sure they're selling fine. But like the fact that they just took one of his books, which is literally a series of stories and put them together into a movie doesn't surprise me anymore. Yeah. And I just feel like they made the movie because of Bert's popularity. Exactly. That guy is on top. Yep. And I don't know. It, it's, I think it's the, 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 not grassroots, but like the, the viral. It's basically it's because it's viral and it's popular. Like, that bit alone, like, that whole story is what they're going to base this movie off of. It's not going to be anything else that he does. It's not going to be anything else about him. It's going to be about that story. I bet you even money. And it's all, it's just the viral shit. Like, if Bill... I'm afraid to watch it. I should probably not watch it right away because I have so many I was like, let some people judgments. Let some yeah. people figure out some shit first. <laughs> uh, yeah. You like... You like Louis C.K.? Uh, I did. Um, Do you have a problem with what he did? Is that why you said did? Well, and I... His last special wasn't that great to me anyway. 2014 uh, or 14? Yeah, didn't, the blue one with this, yeah. him in a suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't didn't exactly yeah. ring well for me. Um, then I found out yeah. some of the shit he did, like, and that's fucked up, and really didn't make me like him as a person. Uh, right. His his material could make me laugh. There, like some of his material makes me laugh. But I mean, him as a person, I don't care for. And do you like his? Uh, basically, why I bring it up. Do you like dark comedy? Do you like his Anthony Jeselnik? Do you like dark comedy? Okay, Anthony Jeselnik doesn't strike me as funny because he's dark and he's all one liners, and I just don't think that that sort of shit mixes. For me, it doesn't put it that way. That's one of the guys that I fucking hated because of his arrogance. And then he grew on me. For some reason, it clicked for some, one day, and he's hilarious to me. Yeah. And it's all an act. It's all a character. Yeah, so it's very much a character. How- it's, you know, if I wanted to go to one-liners, like, I would stick with, like, Stephen Wright. Oh. Um, Stephen Wright was always one of my favorites oh. as far as one-liners he went is because of his monotone. Number one. Number one. But, yeah, like, Louis C.K., I, and I've, I've heard that he's not really doing awesome now because he refuses to really it sounds like he refuses to take what he did that seriously but i could be wrong that is kind of the problem his newest stand-up special sincerely i didn't even know you had i watched it i have it it came out like a year or two ago oh okay didn't after the fact of the the whatever you know incident the the sexual harassment yeah yeah 
he didn't acknowledge it at all. Yeah, and it's, it's kind. Of, it's, Tim I and think I watched, you and Tim talked about yeah. that with uh, Judd, Judd Apatow. Yeah, thing, it was a Judd yeah. Apatow, Pete Holmes. They were on. Uh, yep, yep. Uh, uh, Jim Norton. Yeah, Jim uh, Norton's uh, XM Jim and show, Sam, maybe? show. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, they, they were having a discussion, and it just yeah, it sounds like he's really just not like he made the apology, but it seemed like it was sort of half-assed somehow. I I, can I don't completely know agree. Like the special is funny, but everybody's. Including myself is waiting for that, yeah, owner owning up to a moment. Yeah, and he just he's just not gonna do it for some reason. Right. And yeah, it's it is weird and it's it, kind of fucking. Pete like, Holmes even makes the the what I think yeah. is a very valid point is like you would think what I think what he wants him to do is to stop, take a take a you know take a, a beat and say, yeah, this is something I did that's fucked up. Like, and this is like, yeah. I'm apologizing for it. And then yeah. move like and somehow like move on. It from only it. takes like, that little bit, that little moment. Yeah. That's all he's asking, and I completely agree with it. If you ever get a chance, uh, I'll I'll have Tim send you the link because I don't think I have it, but the, I'll have him send you the the video, of the interview because it's like fifteen minutes and it's super good because it's three. Well, I sent it to t- I sent it to Tim. Oh, okay, yeah, then definitely never yeah, mind. Yeah, that I I watched <laughs> it with Tim and the that yeah, whole thing yeah. was I thought super well done, super from. Three guys who you don't expect to be that serious. Yep. Um, because I've seen Pete Holmes, I've seen Jim Norton, and I know kind of oh what Judd Apatow is. Oh, my God, right? Yeah. Like, you don't expect those sort of, like... Yeah, and Jim Norton's is, like, on Louis' side, but also understanding Pete, yeah, it's Pete a, it, and Judd's and that's point. The thing. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, not them trashing they each come other. To, they come together yeah. very well. It's not them trashing each other. It's them having a heated debate that is respectful yep. on both sides. Neither one of them is, like, trash-talking anybody. Yep, it's it's all very well done, and it's we should put the link up on the on the Facebook page because it's super. It's a super good one, and I think people it should watch it. Really is, yeah. Um, the fuck was I just gonna say? But the one thing I do really enjoy that Louis C.K. did. Have you ever watched Horace and Pete's? Yes, I okay. love that. I thought it was series. super good. Uh, I was wow. I was floored by it. I I really enjoyed it. Um, well said. But I, yeah, I was floored like at how well done that it was. That ending, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, that yeah, that whole ending was fucking Oh bonkers. my god. And the simplicity and the the dialogue, even that episode with that lady uh from Roseanne's sister. Yeah. Where yep. it's like tw- 30 minutes of them just t- she just talking into the camera. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh my and, god. And again, that's so a- good. It's another theater type shit yeah it, it relies basically he's got the, they're like two sets there's the apartment yeah. and then there's the bar yep. and yep. it's all based about around the people that are interacting and I, that's yep. the same it's the same formula that cheers kind of had from what i from Fair, earlier yes you know yes. they didn't use a lot of sets they they maintained it to as well as they could in one spot Oh, so that's it was all about, why I like it a lot more too. Yeah, yeah but. It, it it all you know is self contained in those two spots, and that's all you have to worry about. Like you're not worried about oh where are they now? Where are they now? They're, they're in his apartment or in the bar, and yeah. that's where everything's happening. And it's a lot easier yeah. to like focus on your characters and the dialogue and the way it's being presented. That's a very dark comedy, by the way. There's bits and pieces that are Whole, funny, but that's super dark. Super dark and. The dialogue is so poetry, poetic. Yeah. It is just... It's amazingly well-written. Um, I, I can't remember if Louis C.K. wrote it all himself 
early. And Steve Buscemi really sells oh, it from Bu- me. Buscemi was great. Alan, Alan oh, Alda was great God. in there. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, All everybody, Stephen Wright, I think it wasn't even in it. No, Nick DiPaolo was in it. Uh, Felicity Huffman, I think. No, it wasn't Stephen Wright, but it was. No. There was an old guy that I can't. Nick DiPaolo was in it. Um, yeah, a couple other people I don't recognize, and then Mark Norman makes a cameo. Yep. and that lady from Sopranos is in, in it. Yeah, I think that's Felicity the Felicity Huffman. She's, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. Um, I didn't watch Sopranos, so I don't know. Um. Uh, you know his wife. Yeah, uh, yeah. What's uh, her What's her name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I, that borders on too dark to be a, a dark comedy. <laughs> and there's there's yeah. really not much in there to laugh at, even though that's kind of how it's presented. <coughs> uh, no, you really don't. You watch it and you're. I watched it and I was thoroughly engaged, like compelled and like. I, I, uh, captivated, yep. but I was not laughing out loud. I, I was not I, smiling, but I was intrigued about the story I think and the were, points that were being made. There were a couple episodes early on where, like, I may have cracked a smile or chuckled for a moment about something. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, there's once small you hit moments, the third, but it's not third a episode sitcom. was, like, the fucking end of it, and, like, you just <laughs> you couldn't smile about anything after that. <laughs> um, so wh- why I'm ch- uh, enthusiastically agreeing with you is because... I was like, oh, shit, a new show from Louie. This has got to be a sitcom. And then it's not what no. you expected. No. Obviously, everything he does is dark, but this is the darkest. It is right. not a laugh-out-loud sitcom. No, and I had kind of heard about it show. before I watched it. I'd kind of known that it, okay. was a, it was something that he done and, like, produced. And, like, it was kind of yeah. a – it wasn't a big deal, but people were talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. I was not prepared for how bleak it is. yeah. Oh my God! I did not. I, I I put it this way: no one is happy in this show. <laughs> no. Oh my God! That it's the worst, saddest ending ever. Oh, it's, it's terrible. Like, everything is nothing but dark shit. His relationship with his daughter, his fucking brother, his son. fucking his father. Yeah. Yeah. His Every, son. He has a son. It, yeah. You, Angus T. Jones shows up right at the end. He's the guy that comes oh, in with the beard. He's like, "Oh yeah," and that, that that's where like his sister breaks down and starts crying at a table. Like, yeah, and that's how the fucking show ends. I was like, "It is okay." The darkest, <laughs> oh my god! So I don't, I don't know. I bet you if it, if he didn't get canceled by because of the creepy shit he did, that would probably be like a Broadway play. You know, that shit was fucking top notch. Yeah, I mean, they well definitely written. capped it so you couldn't do anything more with it, but. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. there's certain things they probably could have done with it if he hadn't fucked up his own career. Uh, yeah. No, I'm not saying continue with But I... Fucking A. I could talk to you forever about comedy. Oh, know, shit. But I we've mean, gone over about... We've gone over an hour, so... Yeah, maybe we, should we should probably wrap her up, yeah. We should part two this or do this again sometime. Well, but yeah, we should wrap it up. We'll see how Tim's feeling next week, and if we have to, we'll do a part two. <laughs> I'm going to be... Yeah, I got not. I'm I'm scared. I'm sad. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm worried. I, I've told people. I like, love I'm Tim. A, I'm a little worried. Want you yeah. back? Yeah. yeah. Like I said, we we need you back because I mean, Jason and I are going to be lost in the lost in the sea for a while here if you if you don't come back. It's true. We need your air against Tim. Right. You don't even half-ass COVID, you fucker. No shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, right. we'll wrap her up uh, now. I guess. Yeah. We, uh, right. 
we want you guys to, you know, go give us, you know, positive ratings wherever you can. You know, look at us on YouTube. Please, by all means, engage us on email or Facebook. Hit us up. We want positive or well, we want feedback. We don't even give a shit if it's positive. Like you can tell us we suck. Uh, we want interaction at all, all levels. That's it. All levels, thank you. Yeah, we, because uh, I mean, we can't get better without knowing what you guys want. So, by all means, please, please hit us up, interact with us, give us ideas, tell us shit you want, shit you need. So, uh, and, and with that, I'm going to say we're thankful that you stopped by and listened to us ramble for about an hour and a half. Uh, and this is Aaron Banyan, Jason Chandler, and we'll catch you later. Thanks. <laughs>